Aaron Rodgers is on the IR. The NBA has tipped off and the World Series is almost set. We got games going on as we speak. In episode 17 of T-Bosh and the fellas needs to break it all down real quick. Giants got a win, but really, all we care about is what Ben McAdoo looks like. Tony Romo, D'Angelo Williams, future Hall of Famers, or just really great players for their respective franchises. We'll see what the fellas think. Who can pick games better? We're about to find out because the fellas are about to start keeping track as we'll be picking winners of three games every episode from now on. We're skipping everyone's favorite game. Pick one on this go round because wait for it. Episode 18 is another best of pick one episode, folks. Listen to the fellas squirm their way out of some pretty ridiculously uncomfortable situations. So be on the lookout for that, y'all. Let's introduce these crazy kids real quick. He's a big time Yankees fan, and we all hate him for it. It's Chris Perez, aka Perez. What up, Perez? Coming at you from Shottown. Shottown, Shottown. Is that is that like Chicago? Yeah, they got Shottown. We got Shottown. All right, I hear that. Good call. A little new nickname. He's slaying sleeper fantasy picks one week at a time. It's Hot Tub, Mr. Dustin Miner. What's good? It's your boy Tub from South Florida. How you how you doing today? Pretty good, man. What's going on? And finally. He's lost some big-time players due to injury in our fantasy football league, yet somehow is still undefeated. And if we're all being honest, we all hate him as well for this. Welcome, Alan Burns, a.k.a. Burnsy. Yeah, saving the best for last. And I'm coming from the Queen City, and I'm not talking about Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Thomas Bosch, host and creator of T-Bosch and the Fellas Talking Life and Sports. Time to get this one going, gentlemen. We have an official Facebook page for anyone that's been listening to the show previously. I've been plugging the hell out of it. We want you to follow and like it at T-Bosh and the fellas. Come find us. Come check out some of our daily content. Dustin does an excellent job with the page. We've also officially today started an Instagram page, and all the fellas will be producing content on that as well. That is at T-Bosh and the fellas on Instagram. And guess what? We're getting even fancier, y'all. Coming soon. We got an official Twitter account coming, so be on the lookout for that. Real quick, Burns sent a pretty sweet picture in our group text message the other day of him drinking coffee from his balcony in downtown Charlotte. Burns, you got a pretty sick view, man. That's a pretty nice place. Where is that? It's right off uh, Stonewall and McDowell, about walking distance from Bank of America Stadium. What did you do to get a place that nice, sir? Is it something I scandalous? A, I work a strong thirty hours a week. <laughs> Thomas, he can't he can't talk about that on the radio, bro. <laughs> uh, the re- the main question is is when are you going to have us all over so we can trash the place, Burns? When the when the Yankees make the uh, World Series, we'll have a nice party. Well, so that may be tonight then. <laughs> Burns, in honor of our Instagram page, it was hashtag amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We got a brand new segment for y'all this time. We had something interesting posted on our Facebook page a couple of days ago that Dustin put up. It was a few guys on the NFL Network, D'Angelo Williams included, arguing about if J.J. Watt's career ended today. Would he be a future Hall of Famer? D'Angelo Williams was getting real hyped up and bent out of shape about it. So he inspired us. We're going to ask the fellows about a couple of players. Are they future Hall of Famers, or are they just really great players for their respective franchises? And since D'Angelo Williams kind of inspired this, we're going to ask about D'Angelo Williams. 142 games played, over 8,000 rushing yards, 61 rushing touchdowns, over 2,000 receiving yards, and 9 receiving touchdowns. We're going to ask the fellas real quick. I'm going to start with Burns. Is D'Angelo Williams a future Hall of Famer? Unfortunately not, because we all love him. He was in Carolina for so many years. 
But he shared a lot of time with Jonathan Stewart, and I just think the running back by committee doesn't allow him to, you know, get the accolades that he should he needs to make the Hall of Fame. He only made the Pro Bowl one year back in 2009, so I'm just I'm just gonna say no. Okay, what about you, Perez? I think Burns brings up a very very important subject in the fact that it's going to be a lot harder for these running backs in this uh, today's game to actually get into the hall. Uh, just to put a little bit of perspective on it, Barry Sanders had 11 more games played, but he had 38 more touchdowns, about 7,000 more rushing yards, and 900 more receiving yards. So, he will we love you, buddy, but you're going to be on the outside looking in. Okay. All right. Dustin, what do you think about this? Um, you know, I just want to pretty much, I'm just going to echo what the two gents just said before. Um, D'Angelo Williams is the best running back in Carolina Panthers history, but as far as making it to the Hall of Fame, I just don't see him wearing a yellow jacket. Obviously, running backs, as we move on, I feel like they're going to have a harder time putting up big numbers because of this whole <laughs> running back by committee. Running backs don't have the same value, pretty expendable these days. I'll bring this up. In a 10-year career, D'Angelo Williams is tied for 45th all-time with Herschel Walker and O.J. Simpson. Now soak that in for a second. He's 48th all-time in rushing yards between Larry Zonka and Maurice Jones-Drew. Now, Larry Zonka is a future Hall or, or is a Hall of Famer. Maurice Jones-Drew, that's to be determined. We'll see how that goes. But those are some pretty impressive people, and three out of the four people that I just named are all in the Hall of Fame. Anybody? Yeah, else? but he doesn't. I think the thing that's going to sway D'Angelo from getting in is that he just doesn't have the homicide. And I mean, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at the numbers in front of me, but I do feel as though those other players that you mentioned probably have multiple Pro Bowl years versus D'Angelo with just the one. That's true. That's a really good point. So, so Perez, he doesn't have the killer instinct. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you with your with your new age slang over here. He doesn't have the homicide. He says. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you know, in my opinion, I don't. I actually don't think D'Angelo Williams is a Hall of Famer either. If you, really great franchise player. I hate to say that about my boy, but uh, we'll move on. Tony Romo is our next player. Career passer rating of ninety seven point one. Over 34,000 yards thrown, 248 touchdowns. Dustin, what do you think about Tony Romo, future Hall of Famer? I think Tony Romo is a future national broadcasting Hall of Famer on television. I think when he's getting done with his broadcasting career, he'll be in the Hall of Fame of talking heads, um, and that's about it. Of talking heads, really? Okay, that's an interesting point you bring up. I'll touch back on this. Perez, what about you? Well, Tom, I had to ask you a question. I mean, is it better to have love and loss than to never have loved at all? <laughs> the reason why I ask you that is yes. because... Yes, the answer is yes, by the way. The, the reason why I ask you that is because there's another quarterback that is in the Hall of Fame <laughs> Here we go. that has some very, very similar stats. Uh, I'm talking no. about Jim Kelly. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, thought you were go- I thought you were going Dan Marino on me. I was no, going to say I, no. I they do not have similar numbers. I tried to find something on Dan, but his numbers are astronomical, so I, I got to leave him alone today. I actually did research Dan to try, but I, there's nothing that I can't do it. Um <laughs> But Jim Kelly has similar yards. Jim Kelly has 35,000 uh, passing yards, 237 TDs. He has three lost Super Bowls. I think the difference is, you know. He got he to has, four Tony of them. Romo, Tony, Tony Romo actually has uh, 
uh, higher passer rating than Tim Kelly, but the, the yards and the touchdowns are similar. But Tony Romo never went uh, – he never did anything in the playoffs. Uh, Jim Kelly made three straight Super Bowls. Even though he lost them, um, you know, that, that was my reference. Uh, I think that's what put Jim in. But I think based on statistics, Tony has – there's an argument for him to get in, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Burns, what about you? Sorry. Um, I'm just going to go over a few things. I, I think the Hall of Fame is a popularity contest amongst all of the Hall of Famers who vote now. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Terrell Owens should be in the Hall of Fame. I knew, you, first I knew you were going there. All right. Yeah, he, he, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's not in because he had some crazy interviews and he did push-ups in his driveway. I mean, I don't get it, but he also... He's twenty. Uh, Tony is twenty ninth all time in passing yards, twenty first in TDs with two hundred forty eight, and fourth in passer rating all time behind Brady, Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. The only thing is his playoff record was two and four, and he, he that's that's horrible, and the amount of years that he was there. So I think he will get in because everybody likes him, but I just there's a lot of people that still think he shouldn't get in. So I think he will. Okay. And I'd just like to say that a couple of those playoff losses were kind of directly, he had blood on his hands for a couple of those. They were just god-awful mistakes on his part. So I think it's going to be tough. I think when people are reminding themselves of Tony Romo's career, they're going to definitely bring up the word underachieved. Honestly, guys, I just believe anyone that thinks Tony Romo belongs in the Hall of Fame probably believes that Eli Manning belongs in the Hall of Fame. And that's all I have to say about that. Listen, Eli's got a built-in argument with Super Bowls. Tony Roma does not have that. He could barely sniff a playoff win. So, and you know, like yeah, dude. like Pires when have, said, when you have two championships, that makes all the difference, right? And like Pires oh. said, he definitely has blood on his hands because that botch kick, that getting tackled at the one yard line, like all that factors into the Cowboys. And maybe he didn't do that in the later part of his career, and it was other players messing him up. But still, we all remember Tony Romo fumbling, messing up. It the, comes- it comes down to championships. If Dan Marino had one championship, he would probably be remembered as, you know, top 15 greatest quarterbacks ever. Okay, well, and Trent, Trent Dilfer has a championship. That's true. Okay. Uh, all right. Heard that. Listen, I get it. And, and Perez, go F yourself. <laughs> in Tony's 12-year career, like you said, Burns, he's 29th all-time in passing yards. He's 21st in touchdowns. Now, he's... In touchdowns, he's right between Drew Bledsoe and Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason is a Hall of Famer. Drew Bledsoe is not. Uh, so my question, you know, I mean, Boomer Esiason didn't win a, a Super Bowl. He went to one. Well, well, like you know, I'd like to go back on what Burns said, though, earlier. You know, the game's changed, and, you know, he made a point about, you know, the running backs by committee. Well, that in the same breath is why all these quarterbacks are getting a lot of yards. We all know the passing interference, the protection of the quarterback. They're just throwing, throwing, throwing. So, you know, when you tell me about these yards, 29th, in the, today's game, I don't really care. That's true. Okay. We, then that, that, hey, that's well, that's and, a really valid point. One point I want to make is Boomer uh, and kind of stuck around in, like, the media and the talking heads, and everybody's still hearing from him. Drew Bledsoe, once he got beat out by Tom Brady, he just went off into the sunset. Like he, nobody's even heard of him, and he was kind of bitter about it. So it's a popularity contest. Okay, and that's true. And back to what Dustin was saying about he thinks. Uh, by the way, I don't think Tony Romo will get into the Hall of Fame. 
If he did, I think it actually is just like Burns said, based on popularity. People actually do really like Tony Tony Romo. He seems like a really nice guy. And even better, if you guys have been paying attention to it all this football season, you know that Tony Romo actually is killing it in the booth right now. Oh, yeah, Um, brilliant. And it's, it's actually pretty incredible to see him jump into it that successfully. And in my career, that is something that's important to me. And I, you know, I, he kind of fascinates me. He's, he's calling the plays before they happen. You know, he's, he's breaking it down better than John Madden ever did. So it's, it's very interesting to see him in the booth, but like, not only is he a good, like analytical guy, he's like funny. For the most part. So I think he's going to have a great career. And I think you might be onto something there as, as a talking head, he might get into uh, the hall of fame. I think that's a good point, Dustin. I can't, I can't wait till it's him and Gruden on Monday night football. Yeah, that would be, I think that would be great. Except for they both have the same jobs. Neither of them yeah, are not, a host. They will never be together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, okay. So, you know, we decided on D'Angelo Williams and Tony Romo on a few future episodes. We'll decide if uh, we have some other players that are future hall of famers or just decent players. Quick side note, P.R.S., I want you to listen real close here real quick. Hold on. All right. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, did, did you hear the opening of the Sweet Nectar of the Gods? Is that a Foothills uh, chocolate? <laughs> sexual chocolate? No, sexual it's, chocolate? it's not Foothills sexual chocolate. It is, by the way, my girlfriend's family owns Foothills Brewery here in North Carol- or up in North Carolina. So drink their beer. Support the fam. <laughs> no, yeah. no, P.R.S., that I like was, the bourbon barrel. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's so good. Sexual chocolate coming out soon. It is actually a LaCroix, sir, and it is the sweet nectar of the gods. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking I'm drinking berry-flavored right now. And for anybody out there that uh, knows me and spends any time with me, they will probably see a LaCroix in my hands. This is a more recent addiction. They say it takes 27 days to be addicted to something. I've been drinking these for about two straight months now, and uh, <laughs> I'm full-blown addicted. No question about it. And I'm really saying this because... What we need is we need LaCroix to reach out to us here and get us a little sponsorship deal because I'll holler about LaCroix all day long to the rooftops, baby. So, LaCroix, if you're listening, hook the fellas up. (laughs) Are you listening to this? I scroll Bud Light here. (laughs) Hey, we have an Instagram page, hashtag LaCroix, hashtag just another Wednesday. What? Yep, absolutely. And I promise you I will have a LaCroix picture on the Instagram page. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) Guaranteed. It's happening tomorrow. All right. Shout out to Tommy G, LaCroix fan. What? Yeah, Tommy G, big time LaCroix fan. That kid orders them by the ton. All right, y'all, we are moving on. Uh, we're going to cover a couple quick things in sports. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers going down in last weekend's game with the second broken collarbone of his career was obviously the biggest story in all of football last weekend. The Packers, are they still a playoff team without Aaron Rodgers? Dustin. Um, you know, this was a tough question, mainly because back up, I believe his name's Brett Hurley. Um, Brett Hundley? Like Hundley. Brett Hundley. Is that his last? H-U-N-D-L-E-Y. Um, and, um, you know, no one's really, no one's damn play. No one even Green Bay had a backup quarterback until, um, so there's a lot of, like, you know, unknown, but I'm going to say no. I think, um, I think it's going to be too tough. I just see a lot of these other teams outside of their um, division on the rise, and they are going to lose a spot. 
Okay, well, who do you... Aaron I mean, Rodgers is the whole difference of that team. They have no defense, and if they're not scoring touchdowns... I mean, I like what they have around, you know, this player. They're going to coach him up, the quarterback, but I just think it's eventually it's going to be too much. So who, I mean... He already threw three interceptions in one half. I agree that teams outside of that division are good, but somebody's got to win the division. You think it's going to be somebody other than the Packers? Yeah, Minnesota, easily. Okay, interesting. Okay, Perez, what about you? I I think it's going to be really hard for Green Bay to make the playoffs, and I'll tell you why, because I think the two wildcard spots are going to come out of the NFC West with uh, Los Angeles Rams and Seattle Seahawks making making the playoffs, and I think the other wildcard is going to come out of our NFC South. I think Carolina Panthers will, will win the division. I think Atlanta or New Orleans is playing pretty decent ball, even defensively. I still take the other wildcard spot, so... What that means is Green Bay's going to have to win their division. Green Bay, what typically um, gets you into the playoffs is well, unfortunately, uh, you know, there's those three other teams in that division, with the exception of Detroit, need good quarterback play. And with that, that if Matt Stafford up and Lions into the division, then he is not contract. They just gave him. There's three other quarterbacks that are starting for those three other teams. Aren't even comparable to him, dude. And I want to make a Yeah, I agree with him to shine. I agree with you. Who are you going to I mean, money because who are you going to replace him with? You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to pay him that all these days, even in the middle of the road. And Andy Dalton got 100. Come on. Now. You're competing. You're Matt Stafford, and you're competing with Mitchell Trubisky, a rookie. I get it. I get it. He Brad should Hundley. definitely step up. Episode, and one king died, and now Stafford has to become king of the north. <laughs> you're, you're exactly Great right. reference. Matt Stafford, you got, hey, Detroit's got, they, they put tools around him. Abdul is a decent running back. He's got Golden Tate, and he's got other other weapons. Like, he needs to show up, and they got to do the damn thing this year. I think if Detroit doesn't win that division, they're in no man's land. Like, what the hell do you do? What are you doing, man? I, I totally okay. agree. It's time for okay. Matt Stafford to go get some. I think he's a great quarterback. The guy plays lights out most of the time, especially late into the fourth quarter. So, you know, okay. what are they going to do? All right. All right. Well, okay. In my personal opinion, I, I agree with Dustin. I think it's going to be Minnesota. I don't think the Packers are going to win that division, and they certainly aren't going to get the wild card. So in this particular year in the NFL, I don't think they can survive being without Aaron Rodgers. So you're, you're picking Minnesota, and they don't really have – like a number one quarterback, are they going to put Teddy Bridgewater back over Bradford? And guess what? They lost Dalvin Cook. So they're rocking with Jarek McKinnon, who is great in fantasy. Thank you, Jarek McKinnon, by the way, for our fantasy points. But God. You're, you're, you know, wow. you're, you're rocking with second string guys. I don't see it happening. I agree with that. But when Sam Bradford was healthy at the beginning of the year, he was kind of slinging the rock. So I'll give him that he's not healthy yet. And that's why he's not playing what. They have the best overall roster in that division. Yeah, and their defense is sick. I think their defense could pull a little Trent Dilfer. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Yeah, absolutely. A Super Bowl caliber defense. Can I I make my bold prediction here? Yeah, go ahead, man. I think think Green Bay, I think Hundley's going to come out and kill it this week, and he's going to have a a week to prepare with the first team, which he never gets. And he was kind of thrown into the fire in the first quarter without, you know, any preparation. So I think this week he's going to come out and pull a Rodgers. He's going to throw for like two or three touchdowns. They're going to win. Mm, we'll see. And about... win the division. Okay. All right. That's an interesting prediction. We'll see how that what plays would out. Make you, what, would, what would make you believe that, though? 
just curious. Just at the plays that he had and he did well in, he looked a lot like Rodgers. I mean, he it's kind of like, you know, Rodgers backed up Brett Favre for so many years. You know, you look at one of the greatest of all time, same thing with Hundley. I think Hundley has a great opportunity to show what he can do with uh, practicing with the first team all week and, see, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, I think but he's get it. he also I think, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers. Listen, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for five and a half games. He didn't learn shit from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and here, here's, here's the problem is that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers' playbook, like, they're, they have to create an entirely new offense that is based upon what Hunley does well. Yeah, they need to Aaron dumb Rogers, it down. Aaron Rodgers is a beast. He can do everything well. And so he creates opportunities for his wide receivers. Now the entire offense has to go back and figure out what Hunley does well and change it up. And that doing that midseason is not in the best interest of anybody. Okay. All right. Well, listen, listen, we're going to move on from this. And obviously injuries are playing a big part in this year's NFL season. I'm going to ask you all this real quick. The most significant injury so far in the NFL that isn't Perez's mustache doppelganger, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I wore it better. Yeah, yeah, I think you did wear it better, Perez. So we'll <laughs> go with you first. What's the, what do you think the biggest, the biggest injury in the NFL is so far this season other than A-Rod? I think, you know, I, I, think, the, I think the biggest impact that an injury has had didn't really happen this season, but it carried into the season. I think that if the, Indian, the Indianapolis Colts had Andrew Luck, they would be significantly better. When you, when you have a player of Andrew Luck's caliber that has the ball in his hands that much um, and he's not there, I think it makes a big difference, which is why I put Green Bay out of the playoffs at this point. Um, other than that, you know, David Johnson not being there for Arizona is huge. That sucks, but uh, I'd yeah. say Andrew Luck. Okay, that's an interesting way to look at that question. What about you, Dustin? All right. Um, so yeah, this was this was a pretty interesting question, Tombo, because you know you had a lot of high caliber players going out this year with JJ Watt, Odell Beckham, and um, but my pick, I'm going to go back with the. I'm kind of you know I like to always cheat, and I'm going to cheat again, and I'm going to go back to the Minnesota. I think the biggest injury this season has been basically the combination of Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. If the Minnesota Vikings have so many great weapons all over their roster, we just mentioned before they're a Super Bowl caliber defense. They got Cal Rudolph at tight end, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thien, breakout player. They had Delvin Cook, and even they're not missing a beach, but Jarrett McKinnon, who's just busting off yards. If they had some constant quarterback play we would be talking about this minnesota vikings team as a really scary team week to week that you wouldn't want to meet and the fact that they have to do this basically with case keenum and still be afloat in this division just goes to show you how good i think this team really is so i think sam bradford if he's at the helm we're talking about a whole nother monster even for a week-to-week basis i really like that answer as well what about you burns I'm going to go with uh, Odell Beckham because I, I know that they won the game that he was out of, or one of them, but I just think that with the NFL really wants his flash and his you know antics to keep the uh, the ratings going. Um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going with Odell Beckham. I think that his presence on the offense for the Giants really opens things up, and I just think them being without him and the rest of their wide receivers and half their team is just going to be a big thing. So basically the entire giant. But Burns, they were 0-4 with Odell Beckham. Listen, that's, a, that's the issue that I had. Because I had Odell Beckham on my list, but I'm like, 
Dude, he was there. They were going for. I'm gonna say, yeah. I honestly, I'm gonna say it's Odell Beckham, but not because it like is the most significant injury necessarily, but it was the death blow to the Giants. Yeah, they picked up a game <laughs> last weekend, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But they did not like l- listen. Like the Giants, they're bad, and losing their best player was the death blow. So they basically. I mean, I agree that the Giants are probably the worst team I've seen in the last like 15, 20 years. They're just they're terrible, and I'm just happy to have Johnny on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, Tom. That is that is a very valid point with the death blow. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, with these other injuries too, we've seen these we're seeing these teams kind of like make up with it. I mean, yeah, they lost David Johnson in Arizona, but they're making up with it with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Okay, listen, you guys, I, real quick, I'd like to just kind of point out flawed logic here. You you saw Jarek McKinnon rip it off last week. You saw Adrian Peterson rip it off last week, but neither of them had done anything prior to last weekend. So let's not say that they're like saviors of teams yet. I think you're giving credit where credit is not quite due yet. Yes, they probably helped out y'all's fantasy football teams last weekend. <laughs> we had Jarek on the bench, but good job, Burns. But hey, here's the deal with AP. He sucked at catching the ball of the backfield. So while he, he came in and kind of disrupted things this week, I don't see him being a viable. They're going to have to uh, be ahead the whole time. But anyways, okay, listen, okay, you guys exactly. you guys all answered that. I think it's interesting. Each one of y'all's perspectives, I think he took it from a different interesting level. Right now, we are in the middle of the Yankees game. Can I get a score update? I think it's still 4-0. We're on a commercial right now. All right, 4-0. We're at almost 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. And <laughs> Burns, Burnsy's. Six Bud Lights deep and can't remember what the score was from the last commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know I was six Bud Lights deep? That's crazy. I thought it was only four, but hey, Burns gets ahead of himself. So with the World Series, it looks like it's going to be set because the Dodgers look like they're about to sweep the Cubs. The Cubs, they gotta, they better step up if they're going to pull that series off. But is as it stands right now, it looks like it's going to be Dodgers-Yanks. If they match up in the World Series, who do you have in a seven-game series Call out what the series outcome is, Dustin. This is well, you know, I don't like to assume a team's already going to be there when they're not there. Okay, hi- hypothetically, if it's Dodgers Yankees, who you got in a seven-game series for it all? Well, you know, I kind of like said in a prior, you know, prior prior episode that I thought Aaron Judge was going to be the difference. That why I thought the Yankees were going to make noise in the playoffs. But you know, I'm going to teeter tot over to the Dodgers. I like their hitting lineup. Better just as well as I like the Dodgers or the, excuse me the Yankees lineup, but the difference for me is I think I like the pitching a little bit better for Dodgers, and I like Freeze like charisma. I like him as the uh, the spark plug for this Dodger team. So going into the World Series, I like how the Dodgers are rolling, and I think it just wasn't red. It, it just wasn't the right time for the Yankees. They're they're a year ahead, Thomas. They're, this was supposed to happen next year, not this year. So I just that's where I'm at. No, I like I actually love that answer, Dustin, and I'm glad you took that angle because I know what these two clowns are going to say. <laughs> these two <laughs> bleeding Yankees over here. Take your Quiet shot in the courtroom. <laughs> Take your shots All over right. here, Burns. What do you what do you what do you call the series at? What do you think it'll be if well, it's Yankees Dodgers? I, I think. One important uh, thing that the Yankees have oh, going. Oh, like seven games too. Okay, so you got you got okay Dodgers four three. All right, 
Go ahead, Burns. So I, I think that have you have you been watching any of the games how they're doing the thumbs down thing? Yeah. You know, the, the 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 guy went viral, this big fat guy with a beard. Yep, I saw it. Was thumbs down. So and the and the Yankees took that and ran with it. I think it's kind of unified their team. So I think this could be one huge story that kind of propels them into winning the World Series. Okay, and what do you have them winning it at? I get uh, four three game seven. I think four three games. It's gonna be tough to beat Kershaw and uh, the, the top two pitchers for the Dodgers. I agree. Right off the bat. I agree. I think I think the Dodgers get at least two with Kershaw. He'll step up this year. Uh, Perez. I originally, uh, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I took the Dodgers because their pitching staff, and I think that um, Darvish and Kershaw are. You know, if they if they can win two games each in a series, which you know they're definitely capable of, I think that they're a formidable opponent. But with that said, you know, Dustin <laughs> said they're a year ahead. This team is clicking right now. They're pitching like they're getting really good innings out of CC Sabathia, which is <laughs> it wasn't completely expected. They have the best closer in the game. Their bats are coming alive at the right time. Like we are putting in work against the Astros, who are a really, really good team. If we can end up closing this thing out with the Astros, I'm going to switch up um, kind of opposite of what Dustin did. I think the Yankees have a really, really good chance of taking this home, so I'm going Yankees. Okay, well, that's interesting. That, that And that's not based on me being a fan. I, just, I think that the hottest team rolling in typically uh, is the one that has the best opportunity, a.k.a. New York Giants and their two Super Bowls. Um, that's true. That's true. So, Listen, but let's be it, honest. Let's be honest. The Yankees limped into the playoffs. Y'all got it going once it started, but y'all limped in. Let's be let's be I real. I feel like honest. on one side you have the Yankees and they have Judge, and on the other side you have the Dodgers and they have three weeks. But on the Dodgers they have Kershaw, and I'm looking at the Yankees and like, yeah, they got a lot of really good guys, but they don't got a Kershaw. No, the most. Yeah, but Dustin, what has Kershaw ever done in the playoffs? He always chokes. Dude. This is his year. On the big stage, he chokes. This is his year. My prediction is, and I'm just going bold here, and this is just for you and Burns, Perez. I'm going 4-0 Dodgers. Complete sweep. <laughs> Complete, absolute dominance and sweep in the World you're Series. Done. Done. And that's... Tombo, you want to put 20 bucks on that? No, right I, no I'm, good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, good. Sweep and an uppercut, like yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm just saying, 4-0 sweep, and that's you know my my hatred for Yankees, Yankees and Yankees fans runs real deep. So 4-0 Dodgers, that's what I'm going with. NBA. For the C- record, go ahead. I'm, I don't like talking like Dustin. I don't like talking about it because we're still we still got to go back to Houston. Yeah, but Houston Houston doesn't have Keuchel at home. That's humongous. That's true. All this baseball talk. Look at us with all this baseball talk. Listen, NBA season kicked off last night. Within the first six minutes of the season starting, Boston Celtics star Gordon Hayward basically just snapped his whole ankle off. (laughs) And it was so brutal, so hard to watch. For anybody that's had a lower body injury, their injury absolutely pales in comparison to what Gordon Hayward went through last night. I'm sure everyone here saw this happen, right? Yes. You've seen. Uh, you, I watched it. I watched it after the fact, but yeah, it was pretty hard to watch. And you've seen the like the close up of his ankle. Oh yeah. All right. So his ankle basically got. I have not like really watched it in its full entirety, but if it came up on my Facebook feed, I went past it really quickly. Yeah, it's. I mean, his ankle was quite literally turned 180 like, degrees. 
Anybody yeah, it's like a 90-degree. Ninety that I don't really do that kind of stuff. I, I, honestly, you know, Kevin wears injury for Louisville a couple of years ago where he just snapped his leg coming down for a rebound. That was pretty brutal. I think Paul George's injury was pretty brutal to see. Sean Livingston. Yeah. Um, so my question, have, have y'all seen a more brutal injury than the one last night? Yeah. John Livingston. Okay, look it up. YouTube it. Yeah, that was a really good point. You kind of jumped me on that one. That was Sean Livingston's injury was pretty bad. Anybody else seen anything that was that brutal? Dude, of all the homework you gave us, I hated this one the most. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to look. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, why do I have to like relive like the greatest like bone breaks? Like, dude, like, I, 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 I did think I of think- one. And uh, I like um I remember when Anderson Silva's leg turned to a fucking noodle. Oh, no. oh yeah, I remember that. That was oh god. What about Willis that, McGee? That, that's one I think was worse. If you want to go worse, and yeah. Joe Theismann, but I think Paul George's is worse because where his break happened, it wasn't even close to a joint where where Gordon's broke. It was right at the ankle, so it's like okay, where. <laughs> Where Paul George's break happened, it looked like chopsticks breaking, dude. Like, oh. you're not supposed to have been there at all. Yeah, like, that's true. Oh, my God. Oh, and it just yeah. snapped. Oh, same my with, God. Same with Livingston. He dislocated his patella tendon and tore three major ligaments. I mean, that was right at the but that, But that was, still, that was still a break at a joint. Like, where Paul broke his leg, like, it was just right in the middle of the bone. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so brutal. Like, yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward's foot looks like it wasn't even, like, on his leg anymore. I mean... He it, didn't drink enough milk. Apparently not. Well, does anybody else want to call out LeBron for cheap shotting him kind of in the middle of the air? <laughs> I, I'd like to point that out real quick. I don't know if anybody else... Everybody else is so concerned about the injury, but he was going up on LeBron. LeBron I do want to say yeah. this. I do want to say this. Do you think when LeBron got home and he got settled and... He was laying in bed with his wife at night. Do you think that he just kind of rolls over and looks at her and says, "Got him"? You know what they say: if you come at the king, that's a total thought of Kyrie. (laughs) What do they say, Dustin? They said, if you come at the king, you better not miss. Yeah, dude, I, I'm just saying, man. You know, he, he, he goes, he goes, and he gives Kyrie Irving a hug at the end of the game and says, "I don't do that." <laughs> I don't do that. I don't get her. Oh, so with this injury, do you, any of y'all think that the Celtics are still a top three team in the NBA, in the East? Go ahead. You know, you know, this is like, I wish you would have asked me this question last because you know of all the fellas, I was the highest on the Celtics this year. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this happening to them so early is like a Odell Beckham devastating blow because they're not as deep as they were last year. But, you know, I do believe Kyrie Irvin is a top five, maybe definitely a top ten player in the NBA. And playing in the East always gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I just don't really see, like, these other teams, like maybe Toronto, Miami, you can go through them all if you really want. I just don't really see them like, oh, God, they're so much better. But they're de- they don't have anything to compete with the Celtics anyway. So, yeah, um, I don't believe – I think third is definitely feasible okay. you know, for, for the Celtics still. Absolutely, absolutely. I know. I kind of – I have a feeling I know what Perez is going to allude to here. But go ahead, Perez. 
I think there's the benefit of being in a watered-down Eastern Conference. Okay. So I think that it's possible for them to get into the top three. But with, with you taking out Gordon Hayward from that team, it kind of makes them the exact same team that they were last year, minus depth. So, yeah, I see, think, you've been hollering from the rooftop every time we talk about the Celtics this offseason about how they gave up too much to get what they got. So Because they wanted they wanted more shooting, and now they don't have it. Right. And so Marcus Smart is going to have to play a bigger role and shoot more. But I think, to be honest with you, I think I put them at the five spot now. I think it's going to be Cavs, Bucks, Sixers, Hornets, and then Celtics. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think Tatum and Brown need to step up if they want to continue to be a top three team. What about you, Burns? Um, I think they're fighting for the second spot. It's going to be Cavs without a doubt. Cavs are uh, actually a lot better this year than last year. I think that's no question. Um, and then you got Washington is going to fight with Boston, and then Milwaukee's going to be fourth. Like I said, I think that in order for the Celtics to be a top three team in a watered down East, we'll all agree with that that they definitely, you know, they're going to have to have some of their younger players step up because that veteran leadership has been chipped away at for sure. So, all right, well, that's interesting, guys. We covered all the sports topics. We got knocked that all out. We got a brand new segment coming at y'all right now. Uh, We're picking games here. We're going to pick on every episode three games. It can be for many sport. This week, we started off with the NFL, kind of ease ourselves into it. We're doing it with the line as it stands the day that we record. So, the very and what we're actually going to do. So we're going to tally up all these picks and we'll get all the fellas answers. We'll and we'll keep you up to date on the T-Bosh and the fellas Facebook page at T-Bosh and the fellas. That's a tag. And <laughs> what we'll do essentially is whoever fin- the goal is to just not finish last because whoever finishes last is in for a big time punishment. And we're trying to determine this. And so on our next episode that we're going to that you'll actually hear our voices, which will be episode 19, we're going to tell you what that punishment's going to be. So y'all stay tuned for that. It's not going to be nice, whatever it is. I know that for sure. All right. So real quick, I got three games on the docket here. I'm going to just run around the board. I don't need explanations. I just need you to pick the game. We got the Panthers at the Bears for all us Panthers fans here. We're giving the Bears three points. Who do you got winning this game with the line? Perez. Panthers. Burns. Panthers. Dustin. I, I like the Bears in the points. You like the I Bears in the, the points. I think the Panthers are barely going to win. Okay. Oh, wow. Fuck, fuck that. I hate that, dude. I hate You're that. You're a traitor. The Bears have a great offensive line. They play good defense on on the road. They're not they're not as bad as you guys think I, they are. I, t- I actually we, agree we with that. Lose, we always have nail biters. I, we haven't blown anybody out since the 49ers. Absolutely. And we've been, we looked real bad during that one. All right. Don't, I, don't agree with him, Thomas. Uh, fuck that. I know. I actually do. I do. I do agree with him because I don't think the Bears are as bad as everyone thinks they are. So real quick, my pick. I'm going Panthers. Next game, Arizona at the L.A. Rams. The Redbirds are getting three and a half. Dustin. Oh, the revenge game. Uh, Belichick at home. You know, as much. No, no, no. I, Arizona at L.A. Oh, the Arizona at L.A. Oh, this is the Hanson versus the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> um, you, you got the old guys, Carson Palmer, uh, Adrian Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald versus the Jonas Brothers. That's Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and Cooper Cup. That's an interesting analogy you went with there. Interesting analogy. <laughs> Just not ready to take over this division just yet. 
So give me the Cardinals. Okay, he's taking the Cardinals. P. Rez, what about you? L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams. I okay. All right. All right. Burns. I think Aaron Donald's going to stuff Peterson pretty bad, which I hate, but I think the Rams are going to give it to him. I think the Rams are going to give it to him as well. That's interesting, Dustin. We're all against you on this one, so you could get a game on us here. (laughs) All right. Atlanta at New England. Dirty Birds are getting three and a half. Burns, pick it. Never forget. Never forget. (laughs) 28 to three. I'm going New England Patriots. All right. I actually hope they tie. Right. <laughs> I would I would like that too, actually. Perez, what about you? I see Atlanta taking uh an early lead into the third quarter and then completely <laughs> blowing it. I'm gonna say New England. <laughs> never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> ever. Never ever forget. Never, ever. <laughs> but Dustin, what about you? So, so Atlanta's favored in this game? The, no, New England's favored three and a half. New England's favored. All right. Well, um, give you know, you know, I'm going to go back what I told you guys early on the last show. You know, people are getting really excited and beating the New England Patriots, thinking they're the same team the last year, and I just don't think they're really that good. So I'm going to take the Falcons. Man, you're not a Panther Nation friend today. <laughs> hey, D, you're, you're right about New England not being as good as they were in the past, but guess what? They have Belichick, and they are getting better every week. Yeah, they get better at cheating. <laughs> it's true that. Last year, last week, they cheated the Jets. I, I, I don't, you know, as much as yeah, I hate New England, I don't call it cheating because I think they're just uh, head of the fold. I think that they, they figure shit out before anybody else does, and then we call it cheating because we hate... <laughs> Because they have everybody's playbook and they record their practices. <laughs> and defla- yeah, you and deflate their level, balls. <laughs> All right, enough of the Patriots. All right, y'all. Okay, so we got our picks in. We'll keep you up to date on the T-Bosh and the fellas Facebook page. Y'all stick around for that, and we'll tell you what the punishment is next time we all get together. As a side note, real quick. We, you know, we wish the ginger sensation Johnny Tabersi was on the show today. One of the original fellas. He's a big time Giants fan and Giants got a win against the Broncos this past weekend. After all the injuries that they had the prior week, who knew that the Giants were going to go out and beat the Broncos? Ben McAdoo looked happy. He definitely looked happy. Perez, what exactly did Ben McAdoo look like? <laughs> I thought he looked. I thought he looked like the father who embarrasses his family by enunciating the J in chicken fajita when ordering a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else did he look like? <laughs> um, he could also look like the manager of a struggling hot tub outlet store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dustin oh. takes that one to heart. Oh. You hit Dustin below the belt right there. <laughs> oh, what are you thinking about you, D? I'm sorry. <laughs> and Dustin is not a hot tub store manager, by the way. <laughs> he, he, he just wishes think, he was. I think he will be, though. He's, yeah, he just wishes he was. <laughs> what else did he, What else did he look like, Perez? I'm going to... Okay. Oh, Are you going to no, jump go in ahead. here, Burns? Go, go ahead, go man. Ahead, Burns. <laughs> I think he looks like a like a cheesy villain from a Miami Vice 1989 episode. <laughs> He's got to wear a neon mint uh, mint green jacket. <laughs> hey guys, hey. Does Randy Johnson look like a guy who acquired a pool table by saving all of his Marlboro miles since he was 14? <laughs> 
looks like a, a pimp from the Bronx. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hey, does, does Tyron look, look like an alien from Men in Black that had his head blown off and hasn't been all the way back yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me one more. All right. Does, does, Danica, does Danica Patrick look like the girl at the party who you ask where the bathroom is and she replies, I have a boyfriend? <laughs> she does, man. She's looked like she's got a stick all up in it, man. <laughs> oh, that's it, y'all. Good, good job, guys. Good job. That's it. Another one in the books, episode 16. You know, there is so much going on in the sports world to discuss this time of year. And unfortunately, we only have so much time to knock all this out. But it's okay, gentlemen. We've got many, many more episodes to come, y'all. And speaking of episodes to come, be on the lookout for that Best of Pick 1 episode, episode 18, where we take some of the most absurd questions that I've asked the fellas in everyone's favorite game, Pick 1, and give you the best of the best. Be prepared for some pretty ridiculous answers, folks. We'll have that out to you by the beginning part of next week, hopefully. P-Rez, always a pleasure, and F the Yankees. Hey, hey, 5-0. 5-0, Yankees are up. The hot tub. Remind these fine folks where they can ride that fantasy sleeper train with you every week. Right, T Bosch and the fellas at T Bosch and the fellas. And Alan Burns, this is the third time you've joined the show as a fella. Looks like I'm going to have to add you to the cover page of the show. I know you've been yelling at me about it. It's about time. <laughs> I'm the best looking one on the show. Let's get this going. Uh, we, can t- we can do a poll on that one too, man. <laughs> as always, we appreciate the listeners out there. Make sure you like and share with every human you come across on the planet, y'all, so we can keep this thing rolling. I'm Thomas Bosch, host and creator of T-Bosch and the Fellas Talking Life and Sports, telling everyone out there, be nice to each other. Damn it. Give each other a hug. And please... Be nice to each other. We'll see you for episode 19. Y'all check out Best Up Pick One, episode 18. Peace.